It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner. Welcome to the Skinny Podcast. It's the Bengals postgame edition presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Lending. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports comments and editor with Rick Broering. And we are talking Bengals post-Jets loss. How did that happen, Rick? Can you help me? Oh, well, there's, there's a lot to sort through here. But, Skinny, I will say this doesn't feel the way I thought it would feel had you told me the Bengals were going to lose to this Jets team. I, this loss did not upset me that much. No, you're right. It's funny you say that because I thought, you know what? You lose, and I'm getting all these things on Twitter and people bombarding me, and I'm trying to deflect it. I'm like, you know what? It isn't that bad. It's not good. It's never good. But I think this is still a good football team, Yes. Yeah, I don't buy the we were flat stuff that the Bengals players were trying to sell after the game. I think I, 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 do, I, I do I do a little bit. I do a little bit because well, it has to be. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not a big letdown game type of guy. I mean, this is the NFL. You got to show up every week. And if you're the Bengals and you know who you've been the last two years and you should have the biggest chip on your shoulder in the world. There's no reason to start letting up or thinking you're better than you are because you've won a total of six games the last two seasons. So I'm not buying that. And you can point to they got off to a really slow start and they got behind. Yeah, they did. But that's who they've been this year. They've spoiled early drive after early drive in the first quarter all season long, which they did again today. And of course, it cost them because they had a a couple red zone opportunities in the first half that that they won. They didn't get any points. Another they had to settle for a field goal. Uh, But they also came back and they took a 17-7 lead in the first half and they had a 30, uh, what was it? 31 20 yes, in the correct. fourth quarter correct. midway through. So I don't know about the we were flat stuff. You, you kind of choked a game away to Mike White late and you had a lot of mistakes in this one and the defense was a disaster, which we need to talk more about. But I don't know about the we didn't show up and we were flat or it was a letdown game narrative. I'm not buying that. Uh, I, I'm with you, but I, I wrote a little bit of that. I wrote a little bit about what you said about it's not a letdown game. Um, I think some of it was, you know what? Mike White was really good. I mean, some of that is that kid was really good. Some of it was the defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumo, not adjusting to what he was doing. I mean, there's a lot of factors in play with this, and there always is with that stuff. But um, I'm kind of with you, and I'm kind of not, because there has to be a little bit of that, right? Because this is a bad, the Jets are bad, dude. They're bad. Right? Yeah. I mean, again, there were mistakes made, but the Bengals, like, what, what are you going to point to? Okay, they got off to a slow start and they had bad play calling on that first and goal situation after they got the interception. I don't think it was bad play call. Goal. I don't think it was bad play calling. They didn't execute. I mean, well, it was mix and mi- it was mix and mix and sack. Yeah. I, I mean, I might argue with wasting runs right up the middle against this Jets defense when it's the only thing they do well yeah, uh, against right. the stacked box when you've seen all year that you need to be more creative in those types of situations. You don't have a bunch of maulers up front. But, but, on this but line, I will but say they, they've been really good in the red zone. They've been really good in the red they zone. They have, but what, what have they been good with? A lot of passing. In the yes, you're zone. right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I, it just seems like a weird situation right there to to get – I mean, it, it's Zach Taylor. Right? We've, we've seen a lot of that. And like you said, they've been good in the red zone, but I guess they haven't had a ton of first and goal at the one. You know, and that was a situation where I felt they completely wasted it. And then first oh, goal from score. the seven at the end of the half, there. they only yeah. get a, a field goal. So right. I, I think the most discouraging part of this loss, though, was the play of the defense. Mike White yeah. goes 37 for 45, 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, which is part of the reason the Bengals got that lead back in the first half and were in this game the way they were. I think here's the biggest issue for the defense today. 
the bend but don't break philosophy that Lou Anarumo has used all year doesn't work when you don't tackle. Right. No, it's fair. There's a couple things to it, too, as well. Um, and you know me. I, I'm not going to make an excuse for Lou Anarumo. I love him. I think he's a great coordinator. I think he's really, really good. Smart guy. Gets it. Knows how to def- defend people. But I can't defend today. So when you're playing a rookie quarterback, and remember Baltimore last year, and it's part of Baltimore's MO, right? They're going to blitz you. And you're going to have to adjust to the blitz. And you're going to have to have your kid adjust to the blitz. He's never seen a blitz like that, right? What has Mike White seen? Joe Burr at least saw some defenses and saw some blitzes and saw some different coverages and saw some people in his face before he played Baltimore last year. Not a lot, mind you. It was only a handful of games. But he saw some of it, and he was befuddled. And guess who's a better quarterback? And we all know this. Joe Burr is a better quarterback, right? So at that point, at what point do you not go to Mike White and go, son, we're going to pressure you, and you're, we're going to take away your hot read, and we're going to take away your second read. And if you want to throw over our, our head, good. Good for you. Good luck for that. Who's going to stretch their defense? Crowder? I mean, honestly, Barrios? Who stretches your defense? That's the part for me that was disappointing because I thought, and I love Lou. I think he's great. I think he's a smart guy, great coordinator, everything I've always talked about, but he was miserably bad today. Miserably bad. Well, and that's just, it was mind-blowing to watch them continuously dink and dunk. And I mean, if you look at the, go back to the play where they they made the sort of big comeback to get them in position, 31-26, where it's it was eight bing, play drive, bing, 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 75 bing, bing. yards. If you read through the play-by-play on ESPN.com, I'm looking at it right now. Mike White, pass short right. Mike White, pass short right. Mike White, pass short right. Mike right. White, pass short left. Mike White, pass short middle. Mike White, pass short left. That, that was the whole drive. Like, at what point do you just say, they're not going to throw a five to seven yard route correct. against us. We're going no, to take correct. the flats away. We're going to take the, the running back coming out of the backfield away. We're going to take the check down routes away. And I know a lot of it wasn't check downs because he was getting the ball out quick. Yeah, that it was, was close. Design, but there was that too. I mean, the Bengals, like you said, were playing for some deep pass that was never coming. Mike White wasn't. Was, hell, they did it against Josh Johnson when he came in the game. It's like, what are you playing deep against Josh Johnson for? You remember my great story about Hugh Jackson of the whole practice the one day where he's throwing balls over the place and he went, holy, and it starts with an S, ends with a T, and you can figure it out in between. Yeah, Rick, I'm stunned by that. I am absolutely stunned by how Lou didn't adjust to the fact that it's Mike White. It's not Joe Namath who's going to stand back there and go, hey, you guys all run 20 yards out of the field. I'm going to sling it here, sling it. He can't do that. Maybe he can. Maybe he will. Maybe he's the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. We've never seen, right? He might be the greatest quarterback ever, and we've never seen him. And, he, you know, that stuff happens in this league. Tom Brady was a seventh-round draft pick. Mike White might be their guy moving forward. He might be the greatest thing ever. I doubt it. But you've so, to prove it. Correct. That's absolutely Correct. Make him prove it. Get in his face. Go blitz him. Make him make hots. Stop his hots. And they never did. It was almost like, all right, let him catch a five-yard in route, and we'll tackle you, and we'll be good. And make him catch a five-yard, and we'll tackle you, and make you be good. No. No. Go impose your will, dude. And again, I love Lou Anaruma. I think he's great. I do think he's fabulous. Today, he was awful. Awful. Well, and he has been really good this year at fixing problems in games. Something's not working. Right. They're struggling right. with something. He's been very good at everyone wants to call it quote unquote adjustments, right? He's right. been able to do that at a high level for most of the year. 
today was the first time that I felt he was pretty stubborn throughout the game where he just yes. refused to fix what was very obviously wrong. The only other thing I would point out, though, is if you think about the other game where this Bengals defense has probably looked the worst and it was surprisingly disappointing because of who they were playing against. Jacksonville. It, well, that's that's maybe another option. But I was going to go back to the Chicago Bears. Yeah. It reminded yeah. me of this because this is the Andy Dalton offense. Get rid of the ball quick. Dink and dunk your way down the field. Don't make mistakes. And it's proven twice now to be able to beat the Bengals. So if you're asking the question, did the Jets do something that other teams can can use and, and try to take away from this game? I think there might be something there because for whatever reason, the Bengals have not proven to be able to take that short passing game away. Yeah, the only thing I would think of is after the day you learn your lesson in a way, right? I think you do. I think you say, you know what? Hey, we're good defensively. We thought the kid... We rush four, we'll get home because their line's not good. They can't run the ball. Um, and we'll make the kid get it out um, quick enough, and we'll get home if we can't. And they didn't. And and the one thing that is disturbing is he didn't adjust to that. I get the initial game plan of that of it's a kid. He's going to mess it up because he's never started a game in the NFL, and we'll make it work because we're good defensively. And they didn't. And that's the part to me that you're like, dude, you – Lou, you're better than that. Be better than that. Get this thing right. Only two sacks in this game for eight yards. Now I'm with you. I would yeah, which, to which, see you, them. which is which is crazy because they they never got a chance to get home most times. I mean, they have no chance. He's going back on stop, stop, go. Yeah, and I would have liked to have seen them get more aggressive, like you said, give him some more exotic looks or something. But a lot of people were pointing to the idea that. You know, the Bengals are still pretty clearly short a pass rusher. They're okay. I don't, I, I, got, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I, some games I've, heard, I've seen that. I agree. I, I've seen people say that. So who are you going to replace, dude? I, I don't I don't agree with that. I, I do not agree with well, that. I think their original plan was to have Hubbard off the field a little bit more in pass rushing downs, maybe move him yes. over the tackle. and with have another. Side. Right, and that's who I think you're missing right now. If you feel yeah. like they're short of a pass rusher, that would be the guy. And granted, he's never proven anything in the regular season before. He looked great in a couple flashes during preseason. I understand all of that. But it would be really nice right now to be at least able to give him a chance and see what he could do. Yeah, um, that's probably fair. Because I think, I, I think I've talked about this before. I mean, they were going to move Hubbard inside with Osai on the outside. It was going to be Osai on the outside. Hendrickson outside, Hubbard inside, and Ogunjobi on the inside on nickel. And they have not gotten a chance to get to that point, which stinks. So you're probably right, but as it sits right now, I'm just not sure what what, what deal are you going to make? What are you going to, where are you going to go with that? Yeah, I don't, I don't think they have a, an option right now to do it. The, the ideal situation would have been Osai is a really difficult one-on-one matchup off the edge. He can really heat you up. Hendrickson's doing what he's done for most of the year, and you're not going to be great every game. I mean, he was quiet today, but he's been pretty consistently good for this team since they acquired him. And then you could, then you can move Hubbard inside like they had originally planned because Hubbard's had some moments. I think he's been solid overall, but he's not as dynamic of a pass rusher. Right. Correct. I, I I would love to see Hodge have a chance. Just give me one chance. I would, I would would assume he's not showing something to practice, right? Probably right. You know, probably right. And and you and I were coaches. You coach basketball i coach basketball we know how that goes where people like oh why is that person not playing because you know what they don't do anything in practice so we get it but man he was really good in games and the thing is you and i saw games we all saw games that doesn't mean everything because it was preseason but 
I wouldn't, I'm not so sure I wouldn't mind seeing it just to see it. Cause he was so good. He wasn't just like, Oh, okay, great. He was good against these guys. And he was, he was good against these guys, but he was great against those guys against third teamers and second teamers. I'd like to see what he can do against first teamers. I'd like to see it. I'm with you though. I, I, I'm noting you. Yeah. And to be honest, because of the way they were getting that short passing game going and getting out quick and, and getting some early yardage on, on their drives, they probably didn't face a ton of third and long situations where it was obvious pin your ears back and go get them because that is a situation. I'm not saying they would have done this, but that's a situation where I would think you could throw Hodge out there. It's an obvious, just go get the quarterback. They're going to be dropping back and passing here. It's a third down. He doesn't have to know everything. He doesn't have to be super disciplined within your system. He just has to go rush the passer. That's where I might try to start utilizing him at some point. If if they continue to struggle to get home with the four man rush. Yeah. I I just think today was mostly, I think it was mostly coverage where they just backed off and they yeah. said, go, go, go catch six yard yard ends and we'll tackle you and we'll knock one loose and you'll, you'll, you'll have a penalty and you can't run it. And it was a bad, it was a uh, dude. I, I am the first person to fall on the sword when I can fall on the sword. I love Lou Anaruma. I've talked about this. I think he's great. I think he's a really good coordinator. He was a mess today. He was bad today. Awful today. I'm tired of the offense starting slow, like we talked yep. about. And that was an issue. It cost them the game, in theory. If you think they get a yep. touchdown on first no, and goal after right. that Bates interception, then they win the game, in theory. But I'll also say they did their job. I mean, if you score 31 points against yep. the Jets, you should win the game. It's also the third straight game that they've had 30-plus points. Where are you coming out on the offense right now? How did you think they performed today? Yeah, and 30 points is good, obviously. You can't say it's not. But you got to score down at the one. I mean, come on, you're at the one yard line. You got to score a touchdown there. And then the other one at the end of the half, after the the, the uh, double pass to Boyd back to Mixon was a great call, great execution, great play. I love the play. Everybody loved the play. Everybody loves gadget plays. And it takes you down to seven, and you kick a field goal. You got to score touchdowns. They got three points out of what should have been fourteen points, right? And so. Yeah, I'm disappointed in the offense, and they didn't do a lot otherwise. They had a couple of big plays because, you know what, Joe Burrow's really good. He he had one guy with a blitzer in his face and off a bootleg and threw one to Tyler Boyd for a big game. And he threw one up the sideline, and, and got to love T. Higgins made a great play. And he had another one where he stepped sideways and threw one to T. Higgins down the field for a 54-yard game. A lot of that's on Joe Burrow being really good. And so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, the offense is really making me mad because they, they don't have an identity. Run the ball some, pass the ball more. I don't care what you do, do something that makes you the best offense in the league because you got a chance to be that and they're not. Yeah, they, they weren't able to get the running game going against the Jets and they didn't stick to it too much, which was fine. I mean, like they got down and they needed to start scoring and they did so. You know, they came back from that deficit early to go up 17 7, seven. at one point. Yeah. And then, and then they, 31 and then 31-20. I mean, yeah, they had the, the game in control twice. So you have to give the offense credit for answering and scoring when they need to. I mean, they overall played fairly well. Burrow with 21 of 34, 259 yards, three touchdowns. But the one thing that is, you know, I'm not saying it's something you worried because he actually played a really good game. He made some dynamite on the money, accurate throws, but he's now back to back weeks. And we've seen it a few other times throughout the season where he just kind of has this, what are you doing 
interception there in the fourth quarter. It wasn't all on him this time, but well, again, a play that you'd really yeah, you'd probably wasn't like to him. have back. Yeah, it wasn't all on him. I would have liked to have seen, because I, I, I even tweeted it out before the, the series happened, time to go to four-minute offense. And four-minute offense is usually, let's line up and run the ball. I would have loved to have seen a run on first down. Whatever it would have been, it might have been a loss of two, it might have been a gain of seven. I'm not sure I would have run, thrown the ball there. Well, I mean, what, what's the point of that? Run the clock, get something positive. If it's not positive, that's fine. Then trust your quarterback at that point. But the first down pass play was stupid, eh? And you're right. I mean, it's on Joe. Joe threw one with a guy in his face, but it was so fluky. I can't blame. I can't blame him for that. I want to blame him. I want to blame everybody. I want to blame you. I'll blame everybody. But I mean, I can't. I can't blame Joe for that. I just can't. No, and I, I'm with you on that. He had pressure right in his face, but right. it's also just something that's happened to this team. And I don't know if you just call it bad luck. I mean, last yeah. week was certainly a, a very bad decision on his part. This week, I'm sure if you if he sees that situation again, he'd like to maybe pump fake that and try to roll around that that guy for a second or throw the ball away or something like that. I, I don't know what he would tell you on that specific play, but back-to-back games now, you've had really bad Interceptions no, right. when you can't have them in the fourth quarter. No, they were able and, to overcome it last you're, week. But. You're right. You're right. You can't have them, and he's got to be better. But that was so fluky, weird that I just kept the chalk it up. It's it's just fluky. That's all it was. That's all I can chalk it up to. Yeah, I thought it was good to see Higgins have another big game. He goes yeah. four catches for 97 yards. Build on the the confidence that you know maybe you're starting to establish after that big week against Baltimore, where he had what seven catches, I think it was. Yep. Yep. For well, seven on 50, 15 targets. Yeah. which was weird, but 62 yards. So yeah, yeah, it's back-to-back stack games for him. I- I'm telling you, I, th- I think you're going to get to the point where this offense is so good, you can't stop them. And you're right. I mean, it goes back to your 31-point thing. 31 points, you win the game, right? Against Especially the team against the Jets. Against them! 300, le- I mean, they're averaging less than 300 yards. And so it is, gotta love Mike White. He was so, he, honestly, he was really good. But you score that many points, you win the game. You win the game, and you should win the game. Yeah, I think part of why this game was easier for me to swallow is because there are some good things happening. Like Burrow is clearly feeling himself in terms of his confidence. He is just threading the needle on some of these throws. I think uh, Lance McAllister tweeted out during the game that he's made some hellaciously good throws. I was was thinking the same thing where it's like he's throwing a couple balls where you're going, why is he throwing that? That guy's not open at all, but he places it so perfectly. It goes right past the defender's ear or right past his outstretched fingertips and a spot where only his receiver can get it in stride. Just such a tight spiral. So I thought that was good to see. The fact that they've scored 30 plus in three straight games is good to see. But on the flip side, we talked about the spoiled opportunities. This is an offense that could score 45 against the Jets. So go become that. Take the next step. That's what I want to see now. Exactly. It goes back to the slow starts, and nobody can pinpoint that. Every question's been asked of Zach and Joe Burrow and receivers and Tyler Boyd, who's the most honest guy ever, who who tries his best to answer it. Nobody can answer it. And so that, that to me is like, I mean, just give me something. Give me, hey, don't give me that we're not executing. It's more we're not running the right stuff. There, there has to be something to that. I mean, the Jets went down that first drive on a scripted drive. That's what the league is. A scripted drive with a rookie quarterback and went bing, 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 boom, bing, touchdown. How are you not better than that? You have to be better than that, Zach. You have to be. 
Uh, that's been his area of weakness, and I, I don't. Yes. I think it's fair to call him out for that. I think it's yes. very clearly a problem for this team, a lack of creativity, a lack of imagination, especially when you're talking about those early plays, like you alluded to, that are supposed to be scripted. You have all this time to prepare, and it's supposed to be game plan specific to what the other team's going yes. to throw at you, and week after week, he's not able to get anything done. Now, he deserves a ton of credit for the way this team's performing and the fact that they have a winning record at this point and all of those things. It's not an indictment on the coaching no, job right. he's done overall, no, right. but as a play caller, he still clearly has some work to do and some inefficiencies in his game, and hopefully he's able to tighten that up for this team because it does feel like this team and these talented guys, the the weapons they have on offense – are ready to take that next step. The way they've put up points the last three weeks, it, it's starting to look like they're figuring it out and they they want to do a little bit more. I mean, here's the thing, and I'm not trying to soft shoe this. Today's loss stunk. It was awful. They they deserve to be um, skewered for whatever they're going to do, you know, whatever people want to do with that. But they've lost three games by nine points. That's their three losses by nine total points. And so you got to look and go, all right, what's what's the real big picture? They're pretty good. Um, today was not good. They're really good though. And so you, you can fix this by beating Cleveland at home, going to the bye week. And then we look up after that and you're going to be okay. You're six and three, the bye week. I wasn't there. You weren't there. How many people were there? I'm not, again, I'm not trying to, today was awful. You can't lose to this team. It's embarrassing. You lost this team and you should be disappointed. You lost this team and they are. And they talked about that. And they talked about how disappointed they were about effort, execution, tackling, all those things. So you get out today and you take a deep breath, go beat Cleveland, you're good. Now, I will tell you this, though, Rick. You lose to Cleveland, then then all bets are off for Zach Taylor's future, for the rest of the team's future, for all that stuff. But I think they're they're good enough to fix this, take a deep breath and go, boy, that was bad. How do we do better? Because they've done this a couple teams this year after after losses like this, and they go win games. I think they will. I think they'll fix this and go win a game. And that's the difference right there. There's reasonable expectations yes. to think other as a fan. Than, other, that, than, hey, other than they suck, Bengals suck, and they're going to lose every game. Okay, that's fine. You're right, guy. But no, I, you're right. That's exactly it. Like as a fan, it's not unreasonable to think that this team will go and win at home against Cleveland next week. They're a favorite going into the game by two and a half points. They have earned that right. And in some yes. respects, I know it sounds silly to say this about a team that's been at this bad and a coach that's in the position Zach Taylor is in coming into the season, but they've earned that loss with the way they've played this season. The fact that they stole a game at Pittsburgh and a game yep. at Baltimore gave them the opportunity to drop one that they shouldn't have dropped. And it's a, a road game, at least. I mean, yeah, it's against the one in five Jets, and you want to think you should win well, all of those well, types let, of games. Let, but hey, it was Rick, a road Rick, game, if nothing else. Rick, let me ask you this. Is Tennessee pretty good? Yeah. Yeah. Who'd they lose to? Who's one of the two losses to? Uh, the Jets. Yeah. I, they're good. And it, it's weird. You look back, you're like, oh, yeah, they lost to them, really? Uh, again, I'm not excusing this. Today was not excusable by any strike. No way you excuse it. But you don't excuse Tennessee either. And guess what? They're six and two. And the Bengals have a chance to go to six and three next week. And maybe Tennessee loses their six and three. And they're looking going, how in the world did we lose the Jets? No, you did. And just move forward. So again, I don't want to soft shoe this. This is so bad they lost this game because I was all in. I was all in on how far they could go. I still am. But it is what it is, man. You lost. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that maybe everyone was a, a little 
out of our skis and a yep. little gung-ho after Me last too. week's win against Baltimore. Me I, too. I think it's hard not to be about this team. Everyone nationally did the same thing. But that being said, that this game didn't take all that away. This is still the NFL. You didn't just go ruin your whole season or your your quote-unquote resume uh, like we talk about in college because right. you lost that game. So everything is fine with this team. And to this point, they've proven that they can play with the best teams on their schedule. They won at Baltimore. The other best team they played was the Packers, and they played pretty well against them. The Steelers are proving to be an average team. I don't think they're as bad as we originally thought. So, you know, they won that game in Pittsburgh. They've proven that they can compete with the best they've played to this point. So you have to give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt going forward. Hope they right the ship. And if they do, they'll be just fine. Exactly. And and so I think that's where we're at with that is, again, it stinks. It's so you can't lose. You can't lose these guys. But you did. Everybody does. I mean, Tennessee's six and two. They're good. They're a really good football team, and they lost. So let's just take a deep breath. Let's reevaluate. If you lose to Cleveland at home, then I might be bad on you, but they're going to win that game, I think. And so we're good. One more thing I wanted to get your take on the helmet-to-helmet call on Mike Hilton. First of all, there are two separate thoughts here that I don't think people understand you're allowed to have. The Bengals weren't good today, and they lost the game and shouldn't have put themselves in that position. They also got robbed of a legitimate chance to come back and win it at the end by a call that to me was just insane. Yeah, um, I, I can't, uh, I, I don't have the quotes up in front of me, so I don't want to paraphrase somebody who was an idiot. The The referee, Craig Wolfstad, um, was with Paul Daner Jr. after the game, and um, Paul asked some questions because he's the pool report for the game, and his answer was really bad. And um, you have to look back and go, um, yeah, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? And he was talking about tackling and I got it right here. If you want me to, yeah, if you yeah. want to do it, go ahead. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Daner had asked him about the, cause the possibility I, 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 of, I put on our website, I, I tweeted, I just don't have it in front of me at the moment. Yeah. Daner asked him about the possibility of flagging the offense. If that yeah. was considered at all, he said, I don't this think there was crazy. any discussion about the offense. The call was on the defense. Then he said, the line judge had unnecessary roughness and the foul was for lowering his head to initiate contact. So that's going to be mm. a use of the helmet foul. So then Paul asked him, what should a defensive player there do to avoid a foul when he's low like that? And the offensive this is barely lowering his head. And he says, I'm not here to verse you on how to tackle properly. The rule is that you cannot lower your head to initiate contact on a player with your helmet. So he can hit him with his shoulder, I suppose. And to me, that was him being defensive. That was yes. him being sarcastic. Yes. And that's yes. when you usually know you're wrong. Yes, correct. I'm with you on that. And I'm not a, listen, I don't want to be a homer. I'm not a homer. I want the Bengals to win. In theory, I really don't care. It, it whatever works for me from a, from a standpoint, but I want them to win. I, I do. And so, um, I don't want to be a homer with that, but the fact of that answer was bad. That was a bad optic. That was a bad referee optic. Don't be defensive. Don't, don't, don't give me your speak. Give me, hey, we saw the guy lower his helmet and he banged him and he fouled him and that's it. Never heard that. Never saw that. Never never got that. And, um, you know, the running back lowered his head too. And so who was it foul? And that's the part of the NFL that right now I just hate. I hate when officials call, call games and decide games. And I hate to say this, it might have cost the Bengals the game. It maybe didn't because... Again, they were going to have to punt it, and who knows what would have happened with Trey Hill at right guard or whatever. I mean, but still, don't 
let officials decide games. Let the players decide it. And if it was decisively where Mike Hilton came in like a missile and went, I'm going to whack you in the head and I'm going to hurt you and I'm going to do this to you and that's a penalty. No, he didn't. Let's stop over-officiating this game. Not just this game, every game. They're so over-officiated, it's ridiculous. That situation right there, what we saw on that play, if you want to go by the letter of the rule, I can understand calling a penalty there and the idea that there was helmet-to-helmet contact and you want to get guys using their heads completely out of the game for safety purposes. Sure, I'm with it too. Now, I think most rational people would look at that and say, that's a football play. How are you supposed to avoid yes, that? It's a no-call, it especially play. in that situation. That being said, if you want to be by the book and you really want to do this thing because you're really concerned about health and you're going to call it consistently across the board, and every time that situation occurs, you're going to call it, I'm okay with it. The issue is that has to be called on the offense there. He was yes. the one who yes. lowered the head into an unsafe position and initiated the contact. Had he not done so, Mike Hilton would have been tackling him around the thigh and more yes. than likely his head would have been out in front of the runner exactly as you're supposed to do it in textbook fashion and he would have been hitting him with his shoulder pad. So Correct. that's the issue is that Mike Hilton was doing everything he could really do in that situation. And again, the, the ref, it's either a no call, which is what I think most people would want to see or if you're going to be super strict and you're really trying to keep the player safe and that's what it's about, then you call it on the offense there for doing the unnatural thing by lowering his head below his waist and ducking into the defender. That's right. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, my, I thought, I thought my, Mike's not malicious. I mean, Mike can be malicious. He's a, he's a tough little guy, but he was not trying to hurt him. He was not trying to hit the crown to crown helmet thing. He was ducking to make a tackle with the thighs and to the credit of the running back making a catch, he's trying to get below Mike. What is the big thing that everybody talks about in the NFL or any football, right? Low man wins. Low man wins. Leverage, Good point. baby. Great point. Great point. I mean, I mean, that's it. Low man wins. Lower pad level. They're both going low. They're both trying to go low. Nobody got hurt. That's the other thing. Nobody got hurt. So if nobody gets hurt, then what are we doing at that point? Why is that a call? Why is that a thing? And why let that decide the game? And it decided the game. Now, hey, Joe Burrow could have gotten sacked twice because Trail's at right guard, and that would have been the game. Hopefully that wouldn't happen, but I'm just, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, it look, they, they had the ball. disaster. But, yeah, I mean, they I mean, had the ball. Correct. At the, the, two the, minutes. The 35 two minutes. with 345 to go right before that, and they only got five points off before no, they had correct. to punt it back. So, that's correct. That's correct. correct. There's no guarantee that they would have been able to put together a drive right there, but, but you've but also got word. Joe Burrow, and you're also playing the Jets, right. and you also got one hell of a chance in that situation. That's correct, and that's why that, that is such a bad call. It's embarrassing how bad that call was. Embarrassing. Speaking of, I said that was my last thing, but one more now that you brought it up. How sure. big a concern is the injury to Jackson Carmen and having to run Trey Hill back out there as potentially a starter next week? Yeah, we'll find out tomorrow. Um, I think they'll know tomorrow. Zach didn't have much on him. It was a back injury, and um, that's why they had to take him out. So we'll know a lot more tomorrow. I think a little more tomorrow, at least a, hopefully a lot more tomorrow. Hopefully not a lot more, not in a bad way. But yeah, it, it, it's an issue. Now you got to... You got a Denji close to coming back. Can you get through this game with him? So if he was close to coming back, can you activate him or put him on the end you know, of the 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 back to practice list? Yeah, we'll find out more. It's a great question because it's it, it's an issue leading to a game. You honestly, Rick, you have to win. You can't not. Oh, I hope we win. No, you have to win. You have to win this game. 
Well, Trey Hill was a disaster right there. He gave up yes, at least one yes, sack, if was. not two, and he also had a penalty on him, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, yep. it was not good. So uh, hopefully he can get a little more up to speed, getting the mm-hmm. starter reps. Maybe he'll have a little more confidence. I don't have a whole lot of confidence yep, myself fair. in that happening, but we'll see because that's that's one they need next week. Yeah, no question. Rick, thanks as always. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Thursday with our next uh, midweek podcast, the Popery Cup podcast. We'll be back next Sunday with another Bengals podcast. For Rick Roaring, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. It's been the Skinny Podcast, the weekly Bengals post-game edition presented by Ryan Kiefer of Prime Minister.